All right, then. So, we're going to continue to talk about what Pastor was talking about, um, our words. Okay? Justin was going to continue to talk about this, too, I think. I don't know. That was what Pastor's plan was for him. (laughs) However, I don't have Pastor's notes, so I had to go pray and get my own, okay? (laughs) But, you know, we're, we're a word and faith church, and we're big on... Mark 11, 23, and 24. And we should be, because it's true, right? And so we go around and we say, you'll have what you say. You will have what you say. You will have what you say. Amen? But inevitably, just like Pastor was saying last week, somebody comes along and says, this is, you know, I've tried this. This isn't working. And here's what's ironic. It is working. You just got through saying it doesn't work, and You're right, it's not working. You have exactly what you said. But what I'm talking about, I've called this this message tonight, it's called The Connection, and I can thank Nikki for that nice uh, title because I wasn't sure what I wanted to call it. Um, But we're calling this The Connection. So what I'm doing tonight is we're going to dig a little bit deeper, and we're going to try to find out, well, are your words really working? Hmm. But how come maybe they're not working quite the way you wanted them to work? And what are some of the connections that we might have missed? Where, are we, where is our connection broken? Okay, so we're going to dig in a little bit, and we're going to look at this just a little bit. Okay, and then we're going to see if we can't help us all in this arena. All right, so let's open up with prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to come and speak to your people. I thank you for the Holy Spirit, sir. I ask you to take over now. Help me to speak plainly and clearly. And I pray that you'll put this into the hearer's hearts in a way that is graceful, no condemnation, and that we would all grow from it. And I thank you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so... How many of y'all were here a few years ago? Um, I I don't know how many years it's been now. It's been a few years ago when I did the rice example. Were y'all here when I did that? Yeah. Okay, so y'all know that there was this, um, he was a Japanese, I think, a, a scientist, and he was doing this experiment with water and with with crystals. And so what would happen is they would take water and they would freeze it and they would speak to this water and then they would freeze it and they would see what kind of crystals it made. And they found out that water that they had spoken blessing over would produce these beautiful crystals, like the stuff we cut out of paper and, you know, draw. I mean, really beautiful crystals. And the water that they had spoken evil to was all disheveled and just looked like a big mess. It wasn't nice formed crystals. Well, from that sprung this whole thing where people were doing this rice experiment. And what you would do is you take the rice and you cook the rice and you you get two sterilized jars the same size, same size jars. You sterilize those jars. You put the cooked rice in the jars uh, with just a little bit of water in there. And you keep these two jars in the exact same conditions. In other words, the same kind of light, the same temperature, exactly the same next to each other. You take one of those and you write love on it, put that on there as a label, and you take the other one and you put hate on it. 
And what you do is you take those jars out of the room. My husband and I both did this. I made my husband do it with me. And you take the love jar out of the room so that the other jar can't hear it, like to the living room or wherever. If you kept them in the kitchen, which was where I kept them. And you speak love to the love jar. And so I would say things like this. I appreciate you so much, you beautiful rice. I hope you live a long, healthy life. I thank you because you're wonderful and, and, and nourishing. And, and I think you're beautiful. I really love you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. And I would take that rice and put it down. And now I felt really guilty for this because the poor rice I, it had done nothing to me. But I would <laughs> I'd take the hate rice into the living room. And I would say, I hate you. You're the stupidest rice I've ever seen. I hope you die. I curse you with the curses of hell. I damn you to death. I can't stand you. You're ugly and stupid. And then I'd take it back to the kitchen. And I'd sit it on the shelf. Well, we did that for, I think it was three weeks. Was it three weeks, Jerry? Was how long the, exam, the, the uh, experiment went. So... At the end of three weeks, the love rice, I, we, the, the, it was so drastic that my husband was also doing it. And he was like, I can't believe it. So we brought the rice in here to show everybody. And when I pulled the love rice out, there wasn't a whole lot of reaction because it just looked like some rice in a jar. It was just some white rice with maybe one or two little tiny specks of mold, but that's not bad after three. But then I pulled the hate rice out, and everybody went, <gasps> Because that hate rice was the most disgusting thing you'd ever seen in that jar. Now listen, I was speaking blessings and cursings. And they were both working. See, all my words were alive, whether they were for death or whether they were for life. You see what I'm saying? So... Let's look real quick at Proverbs 18.21. We're familiar with this. The power of life and death are in the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? It means you're going to eat your words. <laughs> you're going to eat your words. You know, we have a saying like that. And you wonder where that comes from. The truth is, is that you will eat your words. You know what I'm saying? Okay, listen, words are seeds, and you're constantly planting them all day long, whether you mean to or not. The seeds aren't just being planted when you're saying good things. The seeds are also being planted when you say bad things. Words are seeds. You're constantly Sowing. Let's look at Galatians 6, 7 through 9. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Okay, so what am I talking about here? I'm talking about that we, we're, it don't matter which way you're talking. It don't matter which way you're talking, it's alive. So what I'm telling you is that death is alive. Yes. What do you mean by that, Teresa? Hey, you're speaking death words. They're working. 
They have power behind them, the same as your good words. So it goes something like this. This is what happens. I'm going to give you some examples. For the average Christian, this is kind of how it goes. Oh, Pastor Jeannie. Now, I'm not saying Pastor Jeannie does this, but I'm using her for example because she won't get offended. (laughs) Hey, Pastor Jeannie, how are you doing this morning? Oh, Teresa, you know, it's... I'm doing good, but I got to tell you, I am really struggling with this here um, blah, blah, blah disease. <laughs> you know, my blah, blah, blah disease is just killing me. I've had the worst week. I went to the doctor and they said that it's probably not going to get better. I'm probably going to have to have a surgery. Um, I'm really kind of scared about that. I'm, I, I, I've already called the prayer ministry, uh, Oral Roberts Prayer Ministry. I've asked all of them to pray, and I'm just wondering if you could tell the ladies tonight that I really need some prayer. I'm scared. I don't know. It, I'm hurting so bad. I could barely make it here this morning. I thought I would. I, I, I almost didn't come, but you know, I do know that by his stripes I am healed. <laughs> then they go home, and their mama calls them and says, hey, How are you doing today? It's been the worst day of my life. I got up and went to church. That was the worst decision. Now I'm hurting even worse than I did before. And, you know, I asked them to pray for me, and all they did was preach at me. It was terrible. They don't love me down there. They don't even care that I'm in pain. It's horrible, and I have no one who understands this. I just... I I feel like I'm dying here. I've never dealt with something so bad. But, you know, I'm just trusting the Lord to heal me. I'm just trusting the Lord. How about this one? Hey, Al, it's good to yeah, see you. My pleasure. How's business going? Oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you hear, they say, oh, man, you know, business has been tough lately. It's been really tough. Uh, and I, I, there's a recession going, and you know this pandemic just about did me in. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills next week. Uh, I've, I've tried to get a job. I can't beg, borrow, or steal a job from anybody. I can't get customers to come in. You know, I, I've got all this experience, and I don't know what's going on, but I just, I, I can't even get a job, and I'm trying, and it's just terrible. And, you know, uh, the church, I asked them to give me some food. They gave me some food, but what good's that going to do? You'd think somebody down there would have some money or something that they could loan me. It's a terrible thing, but I do know that the blessings of Abraham are mine. And then your friend comes along and says, Hey, how you doing, Jerry? How's business? Well, listen, it's not doing too good, and I heard a report it's going to get worse. They said that this is gonna, this whole thing's gonna go bust. It's just, it's bad. It's a bad situation. It's a really bad situation. I don't know, but you know, I'm I'm supposed to be blessed. I, I'm blessed. And then you come along and say, it ain't working. Oh, it is working. Yes, yes, it's working. It's working perfectly. How about this one? And this is mostly men, but this applies to women too. Do you go around damning everything? What am I talking about? Do you struggle with cursing? Mm. All right, now we're going to talk about that for a minute. You're at work, you're having a quite the aggravating day, and that, that piece of equipment's not working, and you say, this damn thing is so stupid. What a piece of junk. You know, I don't know why nothing can ever work out. Everything I try to do here, it's just, it's horrible. 
It's just, you know, this is the most irritating day. Why can't anything just be simple? This is so stupid. I, I, I'm annoyed with all of this. And, you know, these people, they make everything in China. It's a piece of junk. It doesn't ever work the way. I hate this thing. I'm going to get a new one. It'll probably be a piece of junk, too. <laughs> and you throw the tools around, and you curse it. And you're calling it all kinds of names. And then you say, oh, no. And then you come to church, and they say, how you do? Oh, Abraham's blessings are mine. <laughs> I mean, yes, everything I put my hands to is prospering. Everything I put my hands to is prospering. Well, is it? It is, actually, just the way you said it. I'm going to give you a little clue here how you can help yourself with this. If you're in the habit of cursing everything in your path, listen, that could be a hard, a hard habit to break. I get it. But here's what you do. Behind every curse that you pronounce, you also tag this on. And that's just the way I like it. <laughs> this thing is a damned piece of junk. And that is just the way I like it. <laughs> I feel sick and terrible and horrible. And that's just the way I like it. Yeah? See? See what I'm saying? Is your words working? Oh, they are, love. They are. <laughs> they are. Here's one. Do you go around speaking negative reports to anybody who will listen for two seconds? <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to get us out of all this in a few minutes. Just hang tight. It's going to get easier. <laughs> what do I mean? Oh, man, listen, I was watching the news, and they're already talking about the next round of, uh, of this here COVID thing, some Brazilian something or other, I don't know. And, you know, I, I, I hope it doesn't get bad. You know, they're probably, everything's going to go bad, and they're just, this whole country's going to go bust. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all out of my control. I don't know what to do. And, you know, also, did you hear, did you hear that the market is going to crash? Oh, and did you hear about the oil prices? It's terrible. Have you heard about that? I don't know how we're going to be able to afford it. Houses are out through the roof. I mean, it's bad. And the future of America is horrible. And the person says, okay, nice to talk with you. And they walk away, and the next person comes along and says, hey, how you doing? You say, oh, I'm doing fine, but hey, did you hear that report the other day? And off you go again. And then at the end, though, when you're talking to pastor, you say, oh, yes, I know the plans the Lord has for me, plans for good and for a future and for a hope and to prosper me. <laughs> Months down the road, you're like, I don't know why that's not working. It is working. It's working. It's working really well. You spend all your time giving the negative report, talking about everything that's horrible, and you're filled with anxiety and depression. And you say, I don't know why I'm so worried and scared and upset. I, I need some Prozac. And so you go to the doctor and you get your Prozac. Y'all think I'm kidding. I, I have listened to so many people online and in various talking to me about the panic attacks that they're having about and then you question them just a little bit and here's what they tell you oh yeah I do watch the news yeah yeah I do like to watch scary movies and true crime stories and 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 all of these things but um oh no I know the plans the Lord has for me is good nothing 
That's good. But I need my Prozac because right now I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord to deliver on those words that I spoke. <laughs> Let's look at James 3.10. Did we look at that one already? James 3.10 and 11. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Let's look at this one. Let's look at Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So the question is, is are your words working? <laughs> See, the, 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 the real thing is, is that no matter how our lives look right now, our words have been working. Our words have been working, right? Here's a big one. Do you love to gossip? Do you get offended at somebody and then every chance you get in secret to tell somebody how offended you are and how horrible they are? You know, somebody comes along and says, oh, I love so-and-so, and you say, huh. And immediately the person's going to go, oh, why? Why do you say it like that? Well, I'll tell you something about so-and-so just between you and me. Okay, just between you and me. So-and-so did this and that and the other thing. They're not as good a Christian as you think. They come here and they sit in church and act all hoity-toity, but I'm telling you what. They've offended me greatly. They're terrible. Then you go home and you nurse that unforgiveness. And then the next time you see so-and-so, you pretend like you don't. And you walk on by. And then somebody else says, hey... Seems a little strained between you and such and such. Everything okay? Well, maybe you ought to ask them. <laughs> you know. And then you call up the pastor and you say, now I don't want to speak bad about anybody. But I'm about to. Okay. I'm not one to go around gossip. So you better listen close the first time. All right. So, and you tell every person that you can about what they did to you and how horrible that it was. Right? Let's look at Galatians 5, 14 through 16. I know, I do, I do it the lazy way. I just read it off the screen. I find it so much easier. <laughs> Galatians 5, 14 through 16. And maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this time I'll just have to get busy and look for it. That's right. That's there you go. I just reaped what I sowed. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Next one. But if you bite, now listen to me. If you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you be consumed by one another. Now, what on earth is he talking about there? Do you not know that you are all the body of Christ? 
You know how in the wild, an animal, when it's trapped, certain animals, when they're in a trap, they'll chew their own leg off to get free? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, literally, they'll chew their own leg off. So when you feel the, com- the compulsion to just go around gossiping about everybody in the church and talking bad about them, why don't you just reach out and just, ch- ch- just bite the tar out of your own arm? I mean, bite it good and hard. Just take a chunk out of it. And you're like, Teresa, don't be extreme. I'm not. Because that's what you're doing. That's what the Bible says. That's not me. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says you're devouring. You'll be devoured. You're devouring your own body. Look, if there should be one place in the world where we can come with all of our faults and all of our problems and all of our uh, humanness and be loved and accepted, it should be. It should be the church. It should be the one place I could find forgiveness for where I'm weak. It doesn't take a genius to see somebody's weaknesses and their faults. All you got to do is hang around somebody for a little while. You'll know everything that they're good at and everything that they stink at. You'll know everything that they're smart with and everything they're kind of dumb with. Okay? I mean, and we are all got smart and dumb and weak and strong. Every one of us. Every one of us. Good and bad. But when I come to the body of Christ, my own body, look, when I stub my toe, my hand doesn't point at it and go, what an idiot you are. Look at you, stupid, bleeding with your toenail ripped off. Ha ha, you deserve it. (laughs) No, what happens? My whole body gets involved in feeling sympathy for it, does it not? Right, my whole, my hands, my eyes, everything's like, ah, my toe. Okay, I embrace it. I'm, I'm like, you're in pain. I love you. You're, ow. <laughs> right? And so we go around like this and we talk about each other. And then we say something like this. But I have favor with God and man. Oh, everywhere I go, I got favor with God and man. See, we're, 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 we're going to send a curse on our sister and brother, but we're going to spend the blessing on ourselves. And then you wonder, you just wonder, how come I'm not having much favor with anybody? I mean, I said it at least twice. You know, what's going on? Let's look at James 3, 3 through 6. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. What's it talking about? Well, you say, see, Teresa, right there. It's just telling me that I can't tame my tongue. Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. We'll find out. Maybe you haven't made the connection to where it all started because <laughs> we got to make some connections here, and we're going to get there. But let me ask you something now. 
I've been telling you, you know, you spend, you, you spend 99% of your words negative and then you throw out three good seeds. What's happening? Let's take the boat example. Now, my family, they're rednecks, and they had, they're, most of them are passed on now, the ones that had them, but we had airboats, and, and, you know, that was a big thing in my family, and they still, the, some of them still go out on the airboats and stuff like that. So we would go down to the St. John's River, and for the sake of my story, we're going to say that to get to Paw Paw Mound, you had to go right. Really, you had to go to left, but that doesn't suit my story. Okay, so you would go down to the river, and you had to get in the boat, and, and you had to head left once you got out of the little tributary where you got in. So you'd, he you'd head left. You'd have to head right down the river. Let's just say you have to head right. So your destination is Paw Paw Mound. So you get on the river, you get out of the tributary, and you head right for about five minutes, and you find out the water's choppy, and you can't relax. you got to hold the rudder steady. And the boat's doing this. Why? Because you're coming against the water. And so you decide, you know what? This isn't that fun. I'm bouncing around, and I can't relax, and i got to hold steady this rudder. I think I'll go to the left for a while. And so you turn left, and you spend about 25 minutes going left. And it's easy. Smooth sailing. You ain't got to, you can talk and everything as much as you can, you know, point and look at all the stuff. And the boat is riding spoosh across that water because you're going with the tide. You're going with the tide. Nice, smooth. But then you realize, you know, if I'm going to get to my destination, Paw Paw Mound, I have to go right. I can't keep going left because I'm not going to get to Paw Paw Mound. So then you turn the boat right, and now you're getting buffeted. And you're buffeted, and you're buffeted, and you're buffeted. And so you go right for about 10 minutes, and then you decide, this isn't fun. It's hard. I don't like it. I have to constantly be on top of it. And so you turn left. And you coast, and you coast along, and you're riding, and it's smooth and easy. No effort, no thought. It's so easy to do it this way. And so you ride left for about another 25 minutes. Then all of a sudden you say, hey, you know what? This is definitely not taking me to Paw Paw Mound. Now I need to go to Paw Paw Mound, and I'm not getting Paw Paw Mound. I've just got wide open water, and I want to go to Paw Paw Mound. So now I better turn back right, and you go right for another five minutes. Now let me ask you something. At the end of that, are you going to end up at Paw Paw Mound? No, you're not. Why? Because you had your rudder turned the wrong way. Your rudder's headed away from where you want to go. Your tongue is your rudder. That's right. Not my words, God's. If you spend all of your time with your rudder headed left and you hoped to end up over here at right because you once in a while... Look, if I throw out three wheat seeds and all the rest of it is tares... I've got a thousand tear seeds and I throw them out and then I throw out three wheat seeds and come harvest time I go, I don't have any wheat. I mean, I don't know what happened. I did sow some seeds, at least three. Why don't I have a wheat harvest? <laughs> okay, it's not working out good for you. There's a reason. You say, it's not working, baby. It's working. It's working. Now, I said all that to say this. Some of you are sitting here right now, and you're probably going, hey, okay, I've identified with some of that. 
And you may be thinking, Teresa, I've tried to fix it in the past. And even the Bible says it's very hard to do. And it is hard to do. And all of us are guilty of it in some way. It's a constant um, monitoring that we have to do to, to keep our tongue in order. And you may say, how am I going to fix this? Well, whenever you want to fix a sickness, you have to get to the root of that sickness. We live in a society where they like to treat symptoms. It does you no good to treat symptoms and not get to the root of the sickness because the sickness stays. And so maybe in our culture, and in, I'm talking about our church culture now, right here in our word of faith culture, maybe what we failed to do is just back up a little bit and make the connection. Why am I having trouble in this arena? If you have a problem with this, it's, it's coming from somewhere. So let's find out where. Best place to find out is from the Bible, right? Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs, yep, thanks. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart. So here's the bottom line. If you have an unruly mouth, you're having a heart problem. That's right. You're having a heart problem. What's in your heart? See? And so if you're having a heart problem, if this is where it's all uh, uh, coming from, and look, it doesn't do any good to say this. It doesn't do any good to say, well, my heart was good. I really didn't mean that. Anytime you open your mouth, you need to be careful because your heart's showing. Whenever you're talking, I can see your heart. Your heart is showing. You know how people sometimes they tell jokes and they say, oh, and they say something that they know is hurtful to you? They know it. And then they go, I was just kidding. No, you weren't. It was in your heart. It was in your heart or you wouldn't have said it. And if you're, if you're, if you're filled with, with cursing and damning, then why is cursing and damning still in your heart? You know? you got to back up a little bit. you got to make the connection. Let's look at Luke 6.45. It says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Okay? And so then that brings us to this question. How on earth did things get into my heart, though? What do I do about that? See, we've got to back up another step. So now we found out that the mouth is connected to the heart. Okay? But now we've got to find out, well, how do I get the good things in my heart? And let me just go ahead and point this out. It does no good to focus on the bad things and say, I'm just going to quit doing that. Remember where uh, the one guy, the demoniac, was delivered and, 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 and they swept the house and, and Jesus said, you got to be careful because now the demons come back and bring seven with them. Right. So you got to fill the house up with good. It's kind of like when you're on a diet. Huh. Ask me how I know about this. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> 
It does no good to sit around concentrating on what you shouldn't eat and to think about what you shouldn't eat. What you need to do is fill up on the good things that you should eat, and there's no room for the bad. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't want anybody to get into this negative headspace of like, oh my gosh, I got all these problems, and I go, oh, okay? I don't want you to get there. But I am saying that you have to be purposeful about it. The Bible said you have to guard your heart. Guard it. That means it's going to be your responsibility. That means pastor can't do it for you. Pastor Jeannie can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. Even Frank can't do it for you. (laughs) You know, you're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to have to be on guard. That means there's something that's trying desperately or someone who's trying desperately to take that territory all the time. You don't need to guard something that's not in danger of being taken or corrupted in some way. Correct? So you're going to have to guard the territory. You're going to have to guard the territory. So, now if we're having a heart problem, we have to ask ourselves, we've got to back up another step. Well, how does this get into my heart? How does this get into my heart? Let's look at Proverbs 23, 7. <clears throat> For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. In other words, what I'm telling you is that whatever's in your heart, whatever, whatever's in your mind, whatever you think in your mind is going to get into your heart. It's all connected. It's all connected. So as a man thinks... So is he. So how does something get into my heart? Well, it gets into my mind. That's why forgiveness is so, no, 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 no. And that's why gossip is such a no, no. Because when you pass that gossip on, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, I should have put this, I didn't put this one in here. But it says it's like a tasty trifle that goes down into the innermost bits of the person who heard it. Meaning that now it gets into their heart and they see that person clouded through your words forevermore. Newly married people, take heed. When you have a fight, I don't think we have any newly married people in here, but even if you've been married a while, you have a fight with your husband or your wife, don't call mom up and tell them all about how bad and horrible your husband is and, and tell your whole family what a terrible nightmare they are. And then, and then later you see you get over it. And it's not quite as bad as you made it because your feelings were hurt at that moment. And you're able to forgive them, but now it's gone down deep into mama and daddy. And they no longer honor your wife or your husband the way you want them to. And you can't figure out why. Because you planted a seed with your words. You need to be careful. Unforgiveness will cause you to plant seeds of corruption in other people's minds. Gossip is a, is a big one. Unforgiveness is a big one. Okay? So, as a man thinks, so is he. So what am I going to do then about my thoughts? Let's look at Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. That means think deeply on these things. Think deeply on them. See, God's telling you, you're going to have to do this purposefully. See, here's how it goes. 
Frank comes along and he says, you know, Teresa, I noticed you put on a few pounds that, that are you doing okay? I mean, you know, you, you, you've put on a few pounds or whatever. And then you go home and you think about that. And you're like, well, the nerve of him. Who was he telling me I'm gaining weight? And you say, oh, that's, oh, whatever. Then you're trying to watch TV. And all you do is meditate on. I can't believe he said that to me. That was rude. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> Frank would never do this. <laughs> Nor did he do this. I'm just giving us an example. And i got to use myself and people I know. Uh, and so you sit around and you're trying to watch TV and you're going over and over in your mind. And this is how it goes. Well, everybody thinks I'm just fat. I'm ugly. I feel, I, 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 you know, all my clothes look terrible on me. I'm, I'm never getting up in front of everybody again. I feel terrible. This is terrible. Frank hurt my feelings. How dare he say that to me? You just wait until I see him again. Who does he think he is anyway? What kind of Christian does that? What am I doing? I'm meditating on the wrong thing. See, we do it quite naturally. We do it quite naturally when it's wrong. And then I say, well, I'm going to forget about that. And then I get in the bed. And my mind says, you should have said this. Not to put him in his place. He thinks he's so hot. <laughs> I don't know who he thinks he is. Tell you something right now. Hmm. I should have said this. It would have been funny if I did that. I wished I had done that. And then I say, I got to go to sleep. And then the next day comes, if you ever do go to sleep. Next day comes and you get up and you look at the mirror and you go, I wonder if this outfit makes me look fat. <laughs> and the next thing you know, an eating disorder is born. Unforgiveness and an eating disorder has been born. How did it happen? I meditated. I molded over and over in my brain. I thought about it deeply. So it's important what we allow to dwell in our mind. Right? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's purposeful. See, offense is going to come to you. So what am I going to do about that? I'm going to have to counteract it with a good thought, aren't I? I'm going to have to purposefully get the Bible out and go, well, what does the Bible say about that? Oh, you know, God said this. I'm going to meditate on that. It's, yes. it's, it's a purposeful thing. And look, I've had to do it. I've had to do it. I've come from a background where I had plenty to forgive, okay? And those thoughts want to crop up into your head at random times, at the weirdest times. The dumbest little thing can make you think about something that happened 20 years ago. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And you're laying in your bed and you're going over something stupid that happened 20 years ago and has got no bearing on anything you're doing today. Nothing. And you're meditating on it. And so what do I do when that happens? I pull out the word. I say, nope, you know what? I forgave them, and that's under the blood. And I thank you, God, that other people don't decide my destiny. You do, and I do know the plans that you have. And I love them, Lord, with the love. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart, and I thank you. I love them. And then this is what I do. If they're still alive, I pray for such and such. I lift them up to you, Father. I know you love them and you got a purpose for them. And I just pray that you'll touch their hearts and I pray that you will bring them the desires of their heart. And Father, where they need help, I'm asking you to help them right now. And I thank you for the purpose that they have in my life. 
If they're church members, I thank you because they're just like me. They've got good and bad, and I thank you that just like I could see the bad, I can also see that there's good. You wouldn't have brought them to the same body with me unless I needed them. So help me to see them through your eyes. Hmm? So I fight the battle. Where's the battlefield? It's in the mind. It's in the mind, right? Okay, so now we're seeing a connection. What's in my mind gets into my heart. What gets into my heart comes out my mouth. But we still need to back up one more step. <laughs> we got we to gotta back up one more. Did I put 2 Corinthians 10.5 up there? Okay. Casting down arguments is what we were just talking about. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You got to do it. Bad thoughts will happen naturally. You don't have to work at that. But you do have to work at taking, taking them captive. That's why God told you that. Okay? Bad thoughts come to everybody. It's just a fact of life. You don't have to work at it at all. All right? Okay? So, now we figured this out, but how do things get into my mind? Well, it's really easy, isn't it? Okay. It's our eyes and our ears. Our eyes and our ears. See, whatever, I, nothing gets into my mind unless I've seen it or I've heard it. So my eye gate is the access to my mind. My ear gate is an access to my mind. Gentlemen, this is why it's so important what you look at. I think men have this real neat idea that they can just dismiss the idea that they saw that girl back and they took a second look. And then they go home and they daydream about it just a little bit. Well, I'm not really doing anything wrong. The Bible says that if you looked at her to lust after her, you've already committed adultery with her. You're guilty of adultery already. So it's important you guard your eyes. Yeah. Ladies, you're not exempt from it. It works both ways. What you bring into your eye gate gets into your mind gate. What gets into your mind gate gets into your heart gate. What gets into your heart gate comes out your mouth gate. Right? How important is this? Let's look at Luke 34 and 36. Luke 11.30, yep, she's got that. Okay, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. So what you're taking into your eyes, be it good or bad, is going to affect your whole body. He just said it. So if you spend all your time filling your eyes with violence... With, with pornography, with bad things, whatever they may be. Men, I know you love action movies and you love war movies and you love, you know, shooting and killing and dying and blah, blah, blah. But listen, listen, it's okay for you to watch it once in a while, but does, but does that stuff get into your heart and in your mind? Yeah, if you let it. 
Let me ask you something. What do you think's wrong with our teenagers today? They play games that are full of violence, raping, killing cops. They win points for it. They listen to music that talks about the most vile things. The most vile things. Our movies are filled with violence of the most despicable demonic kind. We have horror movies like you can't, I mean, that's like the main thing. Kids love the horror movies. They watch things like vampires and Harry Potter, and parents go, oh, it's just a cute thing. It's a little, no, no, no. How much trouble do you have keeping your mind and you're an adult? And then you wonder how come your son or your daughter went out and did some despicable act that you could not even imagine that they could ever do. Well, it came in through their eyes and their ears, and you're not exempt. You're not exempt. And so you go around and you watch whatever, and you, and you listen to whatever, and then you say, well, everything's working together for my good. Well, no love. Not if good's not what you put in, good's not coming out. What's in the heart's what's coming out. What's, what's in the heart's what's coming out. And don't get me wrong, I believe in speaking. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. I'm not telling you all to quit speaking good. I'm telling you to do it more so that it crowds out the bad. That's actually what I'm going to tell you here in just a minute. Are you okay, Misty? No, I'm fine. (laughs) All right. And then the ear gate. Let's look at that real quick. Let's look at Mark uh, 4.24. Now. He's talking about the blessing here, but I want you to notice a phrase here. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. So in other words, are you going to listen to the admonition of the Lord? Are you going to take heed and hear it? So what do I do to to, to help myself with these things with my eye gate? Look, I can't control all the things that will come to my ears. I mean, I'm going to hear bad things, and so are you. I can't control everything that will come to my eyes, but I can take control of how I handle that. And when I'm at home, I can control whether I'm listening to something good or bad. You know, a lot of times people are, they're like, you know, the the show this and that, and the other thing that's on TV, and my husband will tell you, I don't watch TV. I used to. I used to. But then all of a sudden I realize that practically every show has something in it and I'm supporting them. Right. I'm supporting that show with ratings every time I turn it on. So if they're promoting homosexuality and promiscuousness and, and violence, then I am promoting it with them when I sit and take it in endlessly. Now, I'm not a prude. I'm not saying don't ever watch a, a movie or a show, but I'm talking about a lifestyle. A lifestyle. Look, not all of us can hang out. You become like who you hang out with and who you listen to and what you take in, right. right? And I'm aware. I, myself, and you, we can't all wait. We can't all go hang out with Kenneth Copeland and hang out with Mark Hankins and hang out with Joyce Meyer and, and all the rest of them in person. But I can hang out with them on the Internet, on YouTube, in their messages and in their books. And I can be greatly influenced by them in that way. But that's a choice I have to make. And you know what that choice is? Remember the boat? 
Am I going to go this way where it feels a little choppy and not that fun all the time, or am I just going to coast where it's easy? You can coast. It's your life. But you're not going to end up at Paw Paw Mound. <laughs> you're not going to end up in your promised land the way you wanted to. It takes work. You know, I think sometimes we boil it down and we get to the simplicity of, oh, just say what you want to say. You know, say it once in a while and everything else will just, it'll all. Nope, it's all connected, my love. It's all connected. It's all connected. Y'all remember that song? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to age myself, but there's some older people in here. The foot bone's connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone's connected to the shin bone. The shin bone's connected to the thigh bone, and so on and so forth. Right? Y'all remember that? Well, I've got a new one for you. The eyes and ear gates connected to the mind gate. The mind gates connected to the heart gate. The heart gates connected to the mouth gate. The mouth gate rules your life. Rules your life. Okay? So, my whole message tonight is this. Get purposeful. If you want Mark 11, 23, and 24 to work for you, then make it the main thing that you're doing all the time. You can't spend 99% of your time talking negative and put out three good seeds and hope to get a good harvest. Okay, that's what I'm telling you. And make the connection. Start at the root. Start back up. What am I taking in? What am I hearing? What am I meditating on? What's in my heart? And what do I need to change? Amen? And then you'll be coming to us going, you know what? This really works. And it does. Amen? All right. Well, I am done, and I'm going to get you all out of here 10, well, 11 minutes early. How about that? (laughs) Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord. I've spoken to their lives to the best of my ability. I pray that it helps somebody here tonight. And I pray that you'll keep each person safe as they go home and that this message will ring with them throughout the week and that you, Holy Spirit, will remind them when they're just coasting. Remind us all. Remind me as well. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too, that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.